Hey there friends, it's Mrs. Hayes here with chapter 6 of our read aloud Return of the Indian. Um, apologies for the background noise, I usually have to record these things outside when it's not raining because my house is a little too loud. Um, so you might hear birds in the background or dogs barking or who knows what. Um, but anyway, let's jump right in to chapter 6, which is called Going for Help. Omri locked his bedroom door behind him and went downstairs. It was Friday night, luckily, or he'd have homework, which he wouldn't have been able to do. His parents and Gillen were watching television. A deal had gone out with friends. Mom, do you remember Patrick? He spoke very casually. Of course I remember Patrick. He moved to the country. I know. I saw him last week. Where? Outside school. He said his mother had come back for a visit. To her sister, I expect. His mother turned back to the set. Her sister? I didn't know Patrick had an aunt. An aunt? Don't be silly, of course you did. She lived three doors down from our old house. Omri frowned, remembering. But those two revolting little girls? Tamson and Emma. Bunkins or something. Donkins, maybe? They're Patrick's cousins. Do you think Patrick might be there? You can soon find out. I've still got her phone number in my book. It's on the whole table. Three minutes later, Omri had Patrick's voice in his ear. Patrick, it's me. Omri, I've got to see you. When? Tonight. Tonight? It's very important. Can't it wait? Omri sensed the reluctance in Patrick's voice. He understood it. No. I'm watching a horror film right now. The horror film doesn't start till 11.30, Omri retorted. There was silence. Not going to start up with all that rubbish about... I'm coming, said Omri shortly, and he hung up. He slipped out the back door and was soon running down Hobble Road for the station. Some of the shops in the amusement arcade were still open. Their glass doors let out a friendly glow and lots of loud voices as Omri dashed past. In the amusement arcade, the, s- <clears throat> the kids were banging away at the Space Invaders, not noisy and comradely like the pub-goers, but grim intent, each bent over a machine. They didn't notice him. Omri ran swiftly on with a feeling of relief. This horrible street was actually safer by night. Sometimes you had to wait ages for a train, but tonight Omri was lucky, though the journey, only three stops, seemed to take forever. At the other end, he began to run again, but he wasn't scared this time. He found the house of their old neighbor and rang the bell. Patrick came and stood, looking at him in a a far from welcoming way. "'Well, you'd better come in now you're here,' he said. It was a small house, just like their old one, even to the bicycles crowding the narrow hall. Omri's mother had said only half as a joke, but the reason she'd wanted to move to the new house was so they didn't ever have to have bikes in the hall anymore. Patrick led the way upstairs without a word, into a small back bedroom with a pair of bunk beds, everything pink and frothy. My aunt makes me sleep in this poofy girl's room, he said. Glad I'm going home tomorrow. He sat down on the bottom bunk, leaving Omri standing. There was a brief silence. Patrick glanced up at Omri. His mouth was pinched. His eyes said, don't talk about it. He was silently begging Omri not to, but Omri was ruthless. Why are you pretending it never happened? He asked sharply. What? said Patrick. He had a sullen, stupid look. You know what? Patrick stared at the floor. He didn't move. I brought them back, said Omri. Patrick stood up so suddenly he hit his head on top of the bunk. His face had gone white. He swore under his breath and he said, I don't believe you. I'm telling you, I put them in the cupboard and the same thing happened. It, 
He didn't like to use the word magic. It, it's still working, just the same. Only, Patrick was looking at him now, frowning, incredulous, as if he'd woken from a dream to find the dream was still going on. The terrible thing is, Little Bear's been shot. After a pause, Patrick muttered something under his breath. Omri leaned forward. What? It's not true. None of it's true. We just made it up, he half whispered. Omri took his hand out of his pocket and held something out to Patrick. Look, and stop kidding yourself. Almost as if he, almost as if he was fighting fear, Patrick slowly looked. He blinked several times. Then he put out his hand and unwrapped the twist of paper. He stared for a long time at the tiny beaded moccasins. They're real, breathed Patrick. He turned away to the window and stood looking out into the darkness. Omri let him adjust. When he turned around, he was the old Patrick again. Older, but basically unchanged. How did it happen? Omri had a mad impulse to hug him. Now at least he was not alone with this. Some French soldiers shot him. I suppose he was French. You know the Iroquois were fighting with the English, and the French were against them. We've got to find a way to get the bullets out, or the musket balls, or whatever they are. Easy, said Patrick. Get Tommy back. Omri swallowed. Tommy's dead. Patrick's mouth fell open. Dead? He must have been killed in the war. He said last time when we were sending him back that he could hear a big shell coming over. I bet it was the one that got him. Patrick stared at him, horrified. Do you mean if we hadn't sent him back at that minute? I don't think that's how it works. His his real big body, that must have still been there in his time, lying asleep in the trench. The shell would have killed him anyway. Patrick pushed his hands through his hair. And you say Little Bear's hurt? Yes, Bright Stars is with him. She thinks the spirits brought her to help me save his life. I've got to do something and I don't know what. Omri checked the shrill edge of desperation in his voice. Patrick sat still, thinking. What's happened to all your old plastic people, he asked at last, that we used to play with? I think they're up in our loft. Mum threw mine away. Threw, threw them away, asked Omri unbelievingly, without asking. I hadn't played with them for ages. Why, anyway? Look, Patrick said, we've lost Tommy, but the magic still works. If we could find a modern doctor figure, he'd even be better. This disloyalty to their dead friends struck both of them at once, and Patrick flushed. I didn't mean... Tommy saved Boone's life, I know that, but we've got to be realistic. There have been a lot of advances. New drugs, new techniques. Haven't you got anyone in your collection who might... Omri thought, then shook his head. All mine were cowboys and knights and soldiers and stuff like that, he said. Patrick stood up. But there are modern ones. I've seen them. I've seen them very recently. His face changed. He almost yelled, Wait! and rushed from the room. A few minutes later, he was back. Look! In his hand was a large, flat, cardboard box of brand new plastic figures. They weren't soldiers or Indians. They were ordinary people from now. One look told Omri what sort. Professional people. There was a judge in a long wig and several lawyers. There were businessmen with briefcases, one in a bowler hat. There were scientists in laboratory coats. There was a nurse. And Omri let out a shout. There were doctors! two of them to be exact. One was an ordinary doctor with a stethoscope around his neck. The other was a surgeon in a green gown and mask. Almost gibbering with excitement and relief, he felt as if we were looking into Aladdin's cave. Omri peered closer. The man was bent over an operating table. Yes, what Omri had been hoping for was there. Instruments, trays of them, all parts of the same group. 
Little Bear was as good as saved. That's it, he cried. Come on, let's go. But incredibly, Patrick was hesitating. What's wrong? asked Omri impatiently. They're not mine. Okay, so what? Whose are they? My cousins. She got them yesterday for her birthday. We'll give them back. Tamsin goes mad if you touch her things. She's sure to notice it's gone. But Little Bear may be dying. Patrick gave a shrug. Okay, better wrap them up. They found an old Safeways bag and dropped the whole box in. They were just going downstairs when a door opened and a girl Omri remembered only too well came out into the hall. Patrick stopped dead like a burglar caught in the act. Oh God, it's her, he muttered. See you later. But he didn't turn tail. They just kept on going toward the front door. Tamsin barred their way. She was a big girl for her age, with a pronounced jaw and scowling brows. Where are you off to, Paddywhack? she asked tauntingly. She ignored Omri, although she recognized him. They'd never been precisely pals. I'm going out for a bit. Does your mum know? I was just going to tell her. I bet. I was. Excuse me. As he brushed past her, some possessive instinct must have warned her. She grabbed the bag. Patrick hadn't expected this and let go of it. In a flash, she had opened it and peered in. The face she raised was suddenly flushed with fury. You're stealing my present, she said. No, we're not. We're only borrowing it for the night. For the night? Are you crazy? I wouldn't let you borrow for five seconds. Something was boiling up in Omri's head. There went everything they needed to save Little Bear. That that wretched girl was clutching it to her, as if they were trying to part her from a bag of gold. We were going to ask you, he babbled untruthfully. Please lend them to us. No. Her face and voice were of stone. He knew she would never give give way. An impulse born of desperation seized him. He reached out and tried to snatch the bag back from her. She held on and screeched. The bag tore, the box fell out, and its lid came off. There on the floor lay the whole array of figures, held firmly to their backing by elastic string. Omri didn't hesitate. He simply fell on top of them, his fingers under him, clutching and retching. Tamsin fell on top of him, clutching and retching him. He felt his ear being wrung half off, his head being pounded, and his ankle kicked, sharp as a dog bite, by Tamsin's pointed shoe. As they writhed, first one bicycle, then another crashed down on top of them. A moment later, a door slammed, and an exasperated adult voice roared, "'Have you kids gone mad? Stop it this instant! Tamsin!' She and the tangle of bikes were hiked bodily off him, putting a stop to the immediate torture, though aches lingered. "'They're nicking my present! They're nicking my models!' shrieked the dangling Tamsin, threshing all of her limbs in the air like a monstrous spider. Patrick? But Patrick was already at the front door, and Omri was scrambling to his feet. We don't want her models. It was only a joke. And before more could be said, they were outside. Patrick's mother appeared in the doorway, crying after them. Where do you boys think you're going? Patrick yelled back. I'm sleeping over at Omri's. Come back, called his mother. You haven't got your toothbrush. They were already around the corner. And that is the end of chapter six. Stay tuned for chapter seven.